Welcome to A Little Knowledge is a Dangerous Thing, the podcast. And in this podcast, I recount a couple of odd situations I experienced while serving as state representative involving attending wakes, which I did with regularity. To get the proper feel for this stroll down memory lane, we need to activate the Wayback Machine. During my six years as a Town of Sandwich Select Board member and 10 years representing Upper Cape Cod in the Massachusetts State Legislature, I met literally hundreds of people. Even before being an elected official in Sandwich, I had started a cable access TV show. Yes, you can thank Wayne's World or Between Two Ferns to set your mental image. Well, mine was called... A little knowledge is a dangerous thing, and we recorded 140 episodes over the years. That venture also led to meeting people and getting waylaid in Stop and Shop talking to someone while Mary completed our grocery list. (laughs) One of these many acquaintances, Peter Acton, a Navy veteran and political activist, died in July of 2013. Mary and I had worked with Peter and his wife, Marie, supporting several candidates for office, and they were frequently attendees at my fundraising events. A wake was set for the evening of Thursday, July 11th, at Nickerson Funeral Home. So Mary and I promptly brought the open sign in at our CPA practice at 5 p.m. and jumped in the car for the 30-mile ride to the Lower Cape. After arriving, about a quarter till six, we searched for a parking space in the back lot behind the funeral home. There were many cars there, which was no surprise because Peter was well known. And aside from his political activism, he was quite active in his church and a member of his town's zoning board of appeals. When we reached the front door, we could see that the line was long. And within a few minutes, I spotted several people I knew including a colleague of mine in the State House of Representatives, Sarah Peake. While we waited in line, we chatted with Sarah and four or five other acquaintances, but it was the last person that exposed my mistake. A woman, who I can no longer remember her name, asked a key question. The deceased, how did you know her? During that two or three seconds after her innocent question, I thought, what? Oh, crap. Did she say her? Clearly, we're in the wrong place. It's amazing how many things can flash across your mind in a moment or two. Then I said, oh, uh, you know, um, connections. She seemed satisfied with my answer. But I was thinking, connections? Connections. That's all you could come up with? Connections? Sounds like something an idiot would say. Well, you can reach your own conclusion on that. Anyway, the line had moved along to where we had happened to be close to a side door, which made our escape almost stealthy. I was furiously searching for the wake invitation on my phone before we even got to the car. Then I saw it. Thursday, 5 to 8 p.m., at Nickerson Funeral Home, In Chatham, 
The problem was we were at someone's wake at Nickerson Funeral Home in Orleans. I never did find out who the first wake we attended was for, but we made it to Peter's wake by seven and no one was the wiser. On another occasion, I received a wake announcement via email from someone at the cable access TV station that alarmed me. I hadn't seen Paul Celeste for a couple of months, and he was listed in the announcement as the husband of the deceased, or so I thought, who had died from cancer. Paul was on the board of the cable access station for a number of years when I was also a director. He was a fountain of knowledge for us because he was employed as a videographer and editor for Fox News. He was frequently on foreign assignments, so it wasn't unusual not to see him for a month or more, but I was hit hard to find out his wife Cynthia had died. I didn't think she was ill. I had just seen her a couple of weeks before when I was planting campaign signs. She greeted me and pointed out that their property ran all the way down to the corner of Harlow Road and Holly Ridge Drive, so an extra sign on the busier street was a go. I felt really bad for Paul. Unfortunately, the email obituary I had seen had been published several days earlier, and the wake was the next day. So I decided to attend the wake, but I didn't call that night. Mary and I arrived at Nickerson Bourne Funeral Home in Sandwich, across from the mini golf course on Route 6A. A pretty large crowd had assembled, and the line was long. When we wound around the corner into the main room, I saw Paul standing among six or seven family members. Unexpectedly, standing right next to him, looking very sad, but very much alive, was Cynthia. I thought to myself, she's supposed to be dead. What the heck is going on here? I looked at Mary, who had never met Cynthia, and whispered, that's Paul's wife, Cynthia, standing next to him. She replied, huh? Out comes my phone, and I quickly found the obituary emailed to me, which, by the way, had cut off the headline, an important part of an obituary because it names who died. Turns out that it was Cynthia's sister, Bonnie, who we were honoring at the wake. The obituary included the following statement that had thrown me off. Bonnie Coleman is sister to Cynthia Celeste and husband Paul Celeste, who invite family and friends to the Celeste's home after the wake. Let me repeat that. Bonnie Coleman is sister to Cynthia Celeste and husband Paul Celeste, who invite family and friends to the Celeste's home after the wake. This is a classic example of a dangling modifier, which makes it difficult to assign the action, in this case, inviting family and friends to an after-wake gathering, to the person taking that action. Had it said, Bonnie Coleman's sister, Cynthia Celeste, along with Cynthia's husband, Paul Celeste, invite family and friends to their home after the wake, I would have been prepared to see Cynthia alive and well at the wake. Until next time, remember that 